This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. As always, I am joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Andres and Nancy. Today, we've got a pretty packed show where we're going to be talking about two huge things that were announced in the past couple weeks. The first of which is a whole new DC Comics, DC Universe slate that was announced by James Gunn and Peter Safran about their first chapter in their new DC Universe entitled Gods and Monsters. And also we're going to be talking the Oscar nominations that were just released on what we think about those nominations. So figure let's kick off today's show. Let's talk about the Oscar nominations since in the last show we talked about who we wanted to get nominated, who we maybe wanted to win. So we'll cover the you know the main categories that uh, we talked about for the most part and just kind of give our thoughts on it so i've got them pulled up here so the first one obviously we should tackle is going to be best picture we got our nominees here and those nominees are all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water the banshees of inisherin elvis everything everywhere all at once the fablemans tar top gun maverick triangle of sadness and woman talking i'm sure nancy loves that last one <laughs> After we talked about that one on the, <laughs> but you know, it's Nancy, not horrible. I'm just saying. it's not horrible, but it's you there. It advertised, you know. Yeah. So it's Nancy, exactly what you paid So for. Nancy, since you already have kind of uh, expressed that, you know, you were kind of surprised that woman talking was there. What do you think of these nominees? Uh, it makes sense. I feel like there's no surprises here. Obviously, there's some other ones I would have loved in there. <laughs> the menu, mm-hmm. as we all. Love. Yes, I was kind of hoping um, to. But, yeah, there's no surprises there. I'm really hoping everything, everywhere, all at once is going to win it. I'm just scared for some reason that, um, like, The Fablemans is going to sneak in there or, like, another movie is going to sneak or uh, Banshees, I feel like, is probably the second most likely to win, in my opinion. Um, I just, ugh. You never know with the Oscars, and I'm just Mm -hmm. scared. Like, don't fuck this up, guys. This is a, this is a chance to get a very unique movie a win for best picture. So, but yeah, no surprises here with the nominees. Gotcha. All right. Will Smith, stay in your seat. <laughs> well, he won't be there. He's banned. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's got his like ten year oh, ban. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, uh, it's only ten years. Yeah, it's only ten years. It's only ten. But Andres, what do you think about these nominees? Well, I, I, I echo Nancy's sentiments to a certain extent, but the big one that I was surprised of that got nominated for Best Picture, I mean, granted, it made my top ten of the year, but Top Gun Maverick, it's one of those movies that, like, while I personally love the hell out of it, mm-hmm. it, it's such a big popcorn movie that I wouldn't even consider it as a Best Picture uh, nominee, if that makes any sense, or even mm-hmm. Best Picture material. See, Am I happy that it's there? Yes, absolutely. I, I but was thinking that, that was sort of thing. the surprise for me. I was thinking the same thing, but then also I was thinking, there like, 10 nominees is a lot. And I feel like yeah. this year wasn't... I, in other words, what I'm trying to say is, I don't know what else I would have put in place if Top Gun wouldn't have been in that slot. The menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's you know, set I mean, spike. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would have yes, but yeah. yeah. 
No, but I was psyched to see Top Gun Maverick in there, absolutely. But yeah, I was honestly more surprised to see Avatar The Way of Water sneak its way in there because I feel like, yeah, it got like pretty good reviews, but I just, I don't know. I, I never really felt like it was like Oscar worthy. I know the first movie was nominated for Best Picture, but I don't know. I just didn't think it was going to get one here. So I was a little bit surprised by that, honestly. No, and that makes total sense. But also at the same time, um, the first one, it was received okay or like or like the word of mouth was positive on it um no. with the critics but with this one all i heard from all the critics was that it was way better than the original that they preferred it to the original so a movie like avatar if it can sneak into the top 10 of the year and this one is getting even better reviews i mean for for me it was a foregone conclusion that it was probably going to get nominated for best picture now will it win I don't think so. Um, in the no. long run, I, I no. think I think it's probably one of those that, like, of course, it's going to get in there in some way, shape, or form. But I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to win. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely in the same boat as you guys. I mean, I'm thrilled to see Top Gun Maverick in there. Um, it was great to see everything everywhere all at once. Obviously, get nominated, but that was pretty much a shoe in. It was, you know, it's cool to see all quiet on the Western Front sneak in there as well. Elvis. <laughs> like I'm honestly still stunned that like the trajectory this movie has gone on. Austin Butler obviously in my opinion deserves to be nominated and he's the best thing about that movie wholeheartedly, but like the movie itself I like the movie but I'm like best picture <laughs> like no. okay all right but the, i don't know apparently that people just love Elvis so I was like all right I guess that trend continues but we're going to move on now. I'll keep going. I was just saying, I feel like it's because of the visuals, and I feel like that's what people are clinging on to. I guess because, like, but I'm not saying it's like that's a reason that it should be nominated. I feel like that's just like what people are clinging on to for some reason. But I agree. Like, best picture. It's just like why. I I I I have a feeling that it's getting nominated for the same reason that The Revenant got nominated so many years ago, where it's like, you know what, Leo went through hell and back. In order for this movie to even get done, Austin Butler's permanently fucked up his voice for the rest of his life now by this point in order to play Elvis. So I might as well just give it a nod. Very sexy, I'm just saying. Well, well, apparently the world is concerned. (laughs) But but, uh, moving on to best actor, speaking of Austin Butler, you have Austin (laughs) Butler for Elvis. You like that segue? Let's keep this train on the on the on the rails. You've got Austin (laughs) Butler for Elvis. You've got Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inisherin. You got Brendan Fraser, not Fraser, even though. Every part of me wants to say Frazier for the whale. You've got Paul Mescal for After Sun, and you've got Bill Nye for Living. What do we think about these nominations? We'll start with Andres. Oh, for me personally, it is Brendan's to lose. It's it's yep. his category through and through. But even even still, I don't think Colin Farrell has delivered a better performance than in than in this film dramatically but if i was to be like you know what nominate colin farrell for best supporting actor for the penguin i'm i'm all up for that but in all (laughs) seriousness (laughs) but in all seriousness uh banshees of inisherin is such a great movie and his performance is so fantastic that it's ah god i like it's it feels so disingenuous to say it's the best performance of his career but i think i think it is probably i think it is one up there it's it it, for, for me it's tied within bruges and, it, and yep, that's yep. the, the no, other no director's co- yeah, movie, so there yeah, you go. <laughs> no coincidence that it's also Martin McDonough. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, he always gets the best performances out of Colin Farrell because he lets him just be like weird and out there, and I, that's what I love about it. It's like George Clooney when he works with the Coen brothers. It's the only time I don't see George Clooney on screen. That's just how I feel. 
But um, yeah. yeah, and Nancy, how about you? What the fuck is After Sun? I don't even know what that movie it's, is. Yeah, it's one of those movies that kind of came out of nowhere that got a lot of buzz for his performance in particular. Um, I, I haven't seen it. I don't know about you guys. I, I haven't had a chance to see it either. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of... It's weird. I kind of like when that happens, and then I also don't like when that happens. Because on the one hand, it reassures me that, okay, we're actually looking at performances and not just like, what are these hyped movies and pulling from that pool of movies. But on the other hand, I'm like, fuck, okay, I got to see this weird movie that no one's seen because I want to see if their performance is actually on par to be nominated for this award. So maybe I will actually go see it now. Um, Maybe. But then maybe not. But maybe not. <laughs> also probably Because I feel like this is this is what happens. These you know these independent movies come out, they get these huge acclaim, and then the Oscars come rolling around, and everyone has that pressure on. They're like, oh, I should see this movie. I should see this one. I haven't seen it yet. And then they don't see it before the Oscars. And the Oscars happen. They're like, eh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I feel All like right. they never end up winning anyways. Like, has there ever been a time where someone from a very unknown movie has won? Sorry, not to, not to test you on your, like, full um, Oscars no, no. trivia. Craig? I'm sure there's definitely one, because I'm not going to speak to that, but I'm pretty sure there's definitely got to be one person that, you know, won That's from, right. like, one of those movies. Or, I mean, even, like, uh, independent... Marion Cotillard. What? Oh. Marion Mar- right. Cotillard when she won for uh, La Villa Rose, I think? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that, that movie kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And she so, won Best Actress. So did The Artist. I feel like that movie came out of nowhere and even won Best oh. Picture. Well, see, but that's the thing. It won Best Picture, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, but it still like, kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. but this one's not even nominated. This, that's what I mean. Right. It's, like, it's not even nominated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we, we basically could... every other award, they're like, eh, well, that's enough. But for prefer- uh, actress or actor, that's what I mean. Anyways, that being said. Got, gotcha. Um yeah, I totally forgot what the no- other nominees were. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I think I feel like there's gonna there like I know a lot of people think Brendan Fraser has this locked, but for me, I think it's a three way competition between him, Colin Farrell, and Austin Butler. And I think there could be a possibility that Austin Butler could get it. I feel like if Brendan Fraser doesn't win, I feel like it, it'll go to Austin Butler. I feel like he's had so much acclaim and so much yeah. you know publicity about this performance that I would not be shocked if come that night he won. I'm just saying. If, I feel like it could happen. You never yeah, there have been upsets before. Listen, listen. If Austin Butler wins, he's going to need a shit ton of security. So that's all I will say. Because all the ladies? I'm confused. Why? Yeah, why does he need more security? Oh, you're... you're okay, you're referencing the fucking movie. Never mind. I get it now. Oh. Security! Security! <laughs> okay. We're we both like, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Andres is barely it. is barely a critic and he's not a comedian. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Your words not are. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> now we're going to shift gears to best actress. So for best actress, we've got Kate Blanchett for Tar, we've got Anna de Armas for Blonde, we've got Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, her very weird underground campaign somehow worked. Uh, we got Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and we've got Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. What do we think about these? Nancy, start us off. If Michelle Yeoh doesn't win this, I'm She's going to win. I'd be pissed great. if she didn't oh, win. Oh, I'd be so pissed if she doesn't win. Like, Michelle Williams was fine in The Fablemans, but it was nothing to me where I was like, 
it didn't move me, you know, like Michelle. But also Kate Blanchett is quite the favorite. She's won two Oscars already. She I mean, yeah. she's good that movie. I haven't seen the movie yet from what I I haven't have seen it yet. Seen, I, that's it one looks, I definitely will see beforehand cuz I've heard yeah. nothing but amazing things and it's on Peacock. Oh. So why not? <laughs> Yeah. You've heard nothing but amazing things. Interesting. I've heard mixed things. Literally, like, I feel like everything I read about it, people are just like loving the movie. Uh, I've heard mixed yeah. things, but I it's definitely one that's intriguing enough where I'll give it a shot. I thought I I must have seen a teaser trailer on that movie because I thought it was completely different than what it actually is. Because Craig mm. saw it and from the trailer it seems like this psychological, like weird shit happens and it's like, you know, I don't know, like supernatural almost in a way. Um, and he said, like, no, the movie's not like that at all. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm I'm more Interesting. intrigued okay. about the story um, for what it is. So, uh, but yeah, I feel like Kate Blanchett is probably the only other one that could win out of that. But oh, I'd be so pissed if Michelle Yeoh doesn't win. Yeah, I think we all will. How about you, Andres? See, of course, uh, Michelle Yeoh is probably my favorite, my favorite out of all the picks. But yeah. Uh, Kate Blanchett and Tar is like one of, I mean, like honestly, when you see that performance and you, see, you just see what she was able to pull in that, and with Todd Farmer directing, not Todd Farmer, um, Todd Fields, Todd Field, Field? yeah, Todd, Todd Field, yep. Todd, yeah. Todd, Todd, Todd Farmer is the <laughs> Todd <Jason> Farmer. <laughs> Todd He's a writer in Jason Todd X. So. <laughs> Todd Farmer, but what a. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, anyway. but, but what she was able to pull out of that performance along with Todd Field's direction is truly something that that is is a, is a hardcore character study and definitely one of the best movies of the year for me as well. But god, but it, it, like I admire Kate Blanchett and Tar, but god, if if Michelle Yeoh just didn't make me cry and everything everywhere all at once and I think if you move me, moving people is harder to do than impressing them. So for me, it's Michelle Yeoh. That's what I was going to ask uh, for you guys. When you were kind of making your picks for uh, the acting awards, how do you guys pick in terms of like when the genres are so different? Because Tar is such a way different movie than everything everywhere all at once. What do you mean like in terms of who we think will win? Yeah, like if you were like, okay, this is the person I would pick. Like, what are you looking for in terms of like, okay, this performance I would pick over this? I mean, I I just feel so like different. it's just kind of like you can feel an energy for a particular movie, especially if like it has a lot of nominations, like in a, uh like in the acting categories, just overall, like everything, everywhere, at all once has been nominated in almost every single category, and I feel like it's kind of it's going to sweep up a lot of those categories, I think, and I feel like Michelle Yeoh has been kind of just you know cleaning up shop at all these other awards just like brendan fraser has so i really do feel like she's going to win and I, also i think out of the ones i've seen in that category i do think that michelle yo gave the best performance and i think she deserves it i mean think about it kate blanchett's already won two oscars i think it's time you give it to someone new so I've, i'm also operating in that perspective and, and that and that does come into play as well and like like i mean and also even discussing just uh, even the best actors as well for me, like even though I thought Austin Butler did, did a great job as Elvis, I, I, I truly felt like a much more of a, a deeper connection to Charlie in the Whale, and that's all due to Brendan's performance. So if 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 I feel that an actor can do much more than just make me go, oh, you know what? That was a great that was a great um 
That was a great performance. If you can actually move me to tears, then, or if you can actually make me feel something in my heart, then it absolutely should go to you. And, th and that's what I feel Michelle Yeoh's um, character does in her performance and everything everywhere all at once. And it's so, and it's so, it's also just so uniquely authentic to her. Like when you watch that, you almost feel like like she is bearing a part of her soul in there as well. I mean, like, go, without going into too many spoilers about the movie, where it's all about, you know, what if you took one radical direction in your life and you became a little different, you didn't become this movie star, and you just, you know, you just had this laundromat. Like, it's, it's, it, it, it's something that I felt truly spoke to a lot of us, and it also truly spoke to Michelle Yeoh as well. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I just, I just think it, it should go with the person that is bearing more of themselves and bearing more of of the performance, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I definitely I agree. It's so hard coming from a subjective, or sorry, an objective field for like sub looking at something that is subjective for me at least. Yeah, gotcha. in terms of like my ah. confidence. You know, and the thing about actors is that a lot of the times their best performances are brought out by directors. <laughs> so, yeah, you like that shit. So, where is he going with this? Directors, or is he I'm, going I'm gonna, with this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to have as many smooth segues as possible. Let's see. All right, it. so for for best director, our nominees are: we've got Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Inisherin. We've got Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner. Maybe everything, everywhere, all at once. Apologies for the pronunciation. You got Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans. You got Todd Field for Tar, and you've got Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness. What do we think about these? See, all I wanted right. to see what well, I wanted. I wanted to see what happened if I didn't pick somebody. No, <laughs> I wanted to see how long the silence would last. It's more so because, like, <laughs> this one, I feel like is so hard for me to distinguish from. Uh, uh, best movie of like okay what what makes the difference between best director and not best movie if that makes sense like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. needing out the two so I'm, I'm trying to think like which one I would want maybe maybe everything ever again I think it's a tie between that and Banshees yeah I, I agree <laughs> with that to a certain extent and the other thing too is uh, for me my pick would have been Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans, but that's on the, that's on the um, that's on the uh, the predication that he doesn't win Best Picture. So like it's one of those things where if where if I truly didn't think he was winning Best Picture, I would have probably voted for him. But in this case, I think I would probably say that it's a tie between the Daniels and um, Steven Spielberg because truly. What the Daniels delivered in everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, you talk about the direction, but you also have to talk about keeping track of all these timelines and all these multiverses and making it palpable to an audience to where, at the very end, you're about to cry to a fucking rock. And that is no small feat to anybody. Yep. That that is that is a huge feat for someone as experienced as Steven Spielberg themselves. So I think it's personally a toss-up between the Daniels and Spielberg because Spielberg I think also made a movie that was very palpable about his life in his autobiography to so, to say but also it didn't seem pretentious it didn't seem disingenuous it seemed like it was coming from a place of like 
this isn't me. Like, like he he went out of his way to not even name himself after the character, if that makes sense, or name the character after himself. He wanted the movie and the story to speak for itself, and it's sort of semi biographical. But then when you watch it all the way through, it just feels like it's someone who is showing how this love of cinema can flourish, and I think we can all connect to that in some way, shape, or form when we're movie fans. So. For someone to be able to do something like that for a film and have it not sort of have it be this this talking down the audience type of thing or this oh my god we know we know for us to be engaged in it as well as well as we are that's a great feat in itself so personally for me it's between the daniels and spielberg but if you point a gun to my head right now i would have to pick the daniels <laughs> Yeah, I, I do feel like it's it's definitely between those two. I would still give it to the Daniels because I feel like what they accomplished with that movie just in another director's hands, I just feel like would not be the same. I just feel like it's so uniquely them. And I feel like they, like you said, they make you cry with having two rocks fucking talk to each other. And like, what other movie are you going to see that in where that works? Um, and I just feel yeah. like they've accomplished something beautiful with that movie. And look, I love Spielberg. But, you know, I feel like the Academy loves nominating him and his movies, but they don't really love giving him awards. So I feel like in this case, I feel like I would still gear myself toward um, the Daniels for this one. And I really do hope they take it home because I think they deserve it. I feel like yeah. he should have won for West Side Story. Like the shots yeah, in that honestly. movie. Yeah, honestly. Everything Whew. was so yeah. beautiful. Kind of movie. Like, oh, my God. Because I was thinking about like, OK, how would you what would be a like best director, but not best picture? I was like that. That should have been best director. Yeah. Like all the shots in there were so fucking like amazing. One and, of the most like yeah. well made movies I'd seen yeah. in a long oh, it was time. Well made musicals. I, yeah. I think that's why with the Fablemans, I'm like, oh, like it's a good movie, but in terms of like directing, there was nothing that was like, oh man, that like blew me away. Or that was really yeah. Good. Also, the Academy loves giving people awards like as like a like a. <laughs> They give them for like the stuff that they really shouldn't give them awards for, you know, like, right, you know, Russell exactly. Crowe wins for Gladiator. He doesn't win for A Beautiful Mind. Denzel Washington. Right, exactly. Actually, no, he deserved it for Training Day. Training Day rocked. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say. No, no, no. I was about to say, no. Uh, what, they gave freaking Scorsese for The Departed when he should have won for anything else. <laughs> like literally. like For Goodfellas? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Of that at the very least. I mean, it's just, you know, like, I feel like for Spielberg, he he should have won for West Side Story. I mean, that was an immaculately made movie. And I feel like for the Fablemans, it's, you know, it's a well-directed movie, but I feel like West Side Story was like in a whole other league. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Awesome. Great. Glad we're done with that. <laughs> what a smooth transition. What a smooth transition. Okay, so now we're going to cover cover the uh, the two screenplay nominations because... Uh, Let's let's get this train moving here. So for best original screenplay, we've got Todd Field for Tar. We've got Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. We've got The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once. We've got Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inna Sharon. And we've got Ruben Ostwin for Triangle of Sadness. And for best adapted screenplay, we've got Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer, and Christopher McQuarrie for Top Gun Maverick. We've got... Uh, oh, God, this name. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh... Kajuo Ishiguro for Living. Uh, we've got Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. We've got Sarah Polly for Woman Talking and 
Edward Berger, Ian Stokel, and Leslie Patterson for All Quiet on the Western Front. So my terrible pronunciations aside, what do we think about these nominations? We'll start with Nancy. Oh my gosh, I want Glass Onion to win so bad. I really do too. So good. (laughs) That was so nice to see that nominated. Yes. It doesn't feel like a movie that would typically get nominated. Not at all. Like also be on Netflix and like, oh, I I want it to win so bad. That'd be amazing. Um, terms of the other one i again i feel like everything everywhere all at once i feel like it has to it's just such a unique story i feel like it Mm. has to win i feel like that's going to be a tie between the daniels and martin mcdonough because banshees of Inish sharon is a really good screenplay too that that's going to be a tough category i feel like i I feel i feel like for me if i had to pick a winner i think i would lean more towards banshees i feel like it, it would win that category i just have a feeling it might win that do you feel like because the dialogue is more like there's more depth to it, whereas like everything because I because I feel like on paper everything everywhere all at once it doesn't really like sing the way it does when you're watching it visually, but on page like on the page Banshees of Inisherin and you can tell how good it's gonna be on the page. Yeah. Like like I feel like if I read the screenplay for everything everywhere all at once, I'm like this could be a fucking mess <laughs> you know, like, like i was like i mean there's some great lines in it but i think and it's certainly an original movie but i think for this one i give mcdonough the edge i don't know what do you guys think i agree i'm gonna give mcdonough the edge as well because the screenplay is a very <laughs> oh no we've turned well, no, it, her. Makes, it makes sense because like i feel like it's also banshees is very heavy dialogue too yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and banshees i mean it's it's one of those things where everything everywhere all at once is it is heavily dependent on the direction is definitely independent is but definitely dependent on the execution of whatever's on the page that's not necessarily to say whatever's on the page isn't good it's just it falls so uniquely into the hands of those directors that i feel that it's not as strong of a screenplay as something like banshees is like Banshees, I would argue that you give that screenplay to another director or, you know, you could have had a radically different movie, but or you could have had just you could you could have had a radically different movie, but you would have had the same flavor to it, if that makes sense. Like it would have Mm -hmm. felt like a McDonough movie. It would have felt as whole as it does now. Whereas if you gave the screenplay to everything, everywhere all at once to another director, like you said, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it stands as nearly as strong of a script. However, for the best adapted, oh god, I, I I'm so, so pumped wanted. to see. I'm so pumped to see. Fuck it, with Top Gun's there, right? Yeah, best adapted. Yeah, Top Gun. How great is it to see that there? <laughs> That's yeah. Okay. All right. Or not? <laughs> or not? <laughs> or he hates That's... it. I don't know. All right. I thought you liked the movie. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I I did like it, but. Keep in mind, this movie has been in development hell for well over twenty years. So I have no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about the final script. (laughs) Talk about the final script, but also just even on top of that, like you know, there's the arbitrations and there's all the other stuff that happens. I mean, like, who knows how much of Aaron Kruger's ideas are even still in this movie as well, and how much uh, Chris McQuarrie had input on the script. So. You know, it's it's that that one's a little tougher to sort of justify why it's there. Whereas something like Glass Onion, absolutely, that is that is a very inventive um, whodunit mm-hmm. uh, in 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 its best form, and it's also a whodunit that's 
based on that's a sequel and that arguably is better than the original. And I would I would love it if he won. <laughs> oh, I want it to win so badly, but I just I feel like it's not going to. Honestly, I, I'm looking at this category and I genuinely don't know what I would pick. I feel like if I had to, I'd probably pick Women Talking, and I haven't even seen the movie. I just feel like it has that kind of. It's another win. very <laughs> heavy dialogue. Very yeah. like a lot of yeah. monologues as well. That are I just have a feeling it's going to win. I just have a yeah. feeling. I I don't know. I'm 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 keeping my fingers crossed for for Ryan Johnson. Uh, same here. Like I don't know because I always do, I always do like an Oscar pool with like you guys and like you know some of my other friends and like when I'm in, when I get to that category it's going to be like a game time decision which one I pick. I swear <laughs> it's going to be a game <laughs> but, time. But, but, but but all I'm hoping is that when they show the uh, the clip for best screen best adapted screenplay in, um, uh, Glass Onion, I just want it to be that moment where Daniel Craig is like, "It's so dumb." Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it's just so dumb. It's brilliant. No, it's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Anyway, um, so speaking of how great movies look from before, let's, let's talk about cinematography. Let's do that. Let's talk about best cinematography. This is uh, a category I was a little bit disappointed with the nominees that we got, but here are the nominees regardless. We've got All Quiet on the Western Front. We've got Bardo. We've got Elvis. We've got Empire of Light. And we have Tar. Thoughts? Anyone? Greg Frazier isn't there I, for the yeah, Batman, yeah, so Where I the don't fuck care. is that? Where's that? For the what? I don't care. Whereas, also, if there's a category that Top Gun should absolutely be in, it's cinematography. Yeah. I mean, that... I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Come That's, on. <laughs> I mean, that the way that movie looks is incredible. What they achieved with that movie, unreal. Like, I don't know. That one bummed me out. Yeah. yeah. I agree. There was a lot... Yeah. I also would have loved to seen The Northman sneak in there. That's a gorgeous looking yeah. movie. Why Why isn't that movie in there as well? Yeah, that movie got completely shut out. It was because, well, the, I, mean, I was talking to Craig about this, and he said it's most likely because it came out so early in the year that it kind of just got, like, forgotten about. But didn't Everything I, Everywhere at All at Once come out pretty early in the year as well? It, it came out early. a week after The Batman. Yeah, so and, March. And it came yeah. Out, yeah, and it, and it came out almost a month before before. Yeah, Northman was April, the, I think. Yeah. Damn, yeah. The, the only problem is that the Northman. Yeah. The Northman. I must have waited didn't, very didn't. long to see that movie. Then. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it just came well, out well, a well, month ago. Well, well, in Nancy's standard yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but the, the thing is, out. also, the Northman didn't. The Northman was. It, it didn't make that big of a of a of um of a cultural splash is everything everywhere all at once That's like fair. that became mm. something that you would go like like the word of mouth just kept building on that movie yeah. it built up so much so that it opened in like less in like very few theaters originally and then all of a sudden a24 they started seeing the receipts coming in from it and they were like you know what we're also gonna spend the extra money to put this in imax that's how much faith they had in it they had faith that it was going to make money in IMAX against the Batman, and it did. Yeah, yeah, but also, where's the Batman? <laughs> Just, where's also, the Batman? Where's the Batman? That movie was, yeah. honestly, in my opinion, I think that was the most gorgeous-looking movie I saw in 2022. I mean, it's just like oh, yeah. dripping with style, and it's just so visually perfect. It just, and, ah, and I don't know, and, and, it just and, makes and me just, angry. And just also, and just also what Greg Frazier was able to do with that movie as well, too. Like, the movie was shot in digital, and it looks like film yeah, all yeah. the way through. And, and, and like, 
it, it was actually like a really cool thing where they actually made the entire movie digitally. They printed it on film, yeah. and then what they did was they rescanned the thirty-five millimeter print and made it look like film to add that degradation and all that other stuff to give it that look. And I've never heard of another movie doing that. So, so like another movie not taking chances with cinematography. I mean, like with something like the Oscars, we always try to at least at least push for the movies that tried something differently. Not saying that Tar or any of these other films didn't do a great job with the right. look. Yeah. But did they do something to reinvent the wheel is my is my ultimate takeaway. Yeah, I'm also curious to see in this category who's gonna win. I feel like this might go to Elvis. I was going to say, I this like, is the God, one, it's going to go to Elvis. This is the yeah. one I will give to Elvis, because it did look... It did but see, I will, I will say this. Even though I haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front, I feel like visually that was, movie's got to be better. <laughs> like, um, because I I've seen so I've I've seen clips from it and it looks stunning. So like, I'm not surprised yeah. to see it in this category. I was going to say that's Anything the other one that Elvis. I would. I was. That's the other one that I would say would be my pick if Elvis yeah. doesn't win. I feel like if Elvis is going to win anything. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's going to win. I feel like Elvis will yeah. win that one. I would be I hope they don't give uh Roger Deakins for Empire of Light cuz that it's just it's not his best work visually and I would yeah. like I just feel like just I think it's time to give it to somebody else. Um but that's just my two cents. But anyway, um speaking of beautiful visuals, let's talk about best animated movie. You know, this is a category I was excited about because I love me some good animated movies and this is a really stacked category honestly. We've got Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, we've got Marcel the Shell with shoes on, we got Puss in Boots, we got the Sea Beast, and we've got Turning Red. This is a pretty stacked category. Um, I'm pulling for Puss in Boots. Honestly, I'm really pulling for Puss in Boots. I think that movie is phenomenal. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. I'm pulling. As See? much as I haven't seen it yet, but I, yeah, I've heard. You haven't seen Puss in Boots? No, I haven't. It's oh. great. Yeah, it's I've so freaking it's good. Great. It's so good. But, so good. It's, it's 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 so good. It made me rewatch all the other Shrek movies because I'm like, oh my god! Like 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 they truly they they truly told a great story with that character who I didn't give two shits about in the other movies. Mm-hmm. Like this one made me fall in love with Puts. <laughs> that's, that's what you Sorry. Sorry. His name is Puss. So, last so. name in Boots. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, I wonder what the click's going to be. <laughs> it's just the way you said it. and <laughs> It was just so... so like, I don't think there was ever going to be a situation where you said it and I wasn't going to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've established that I am 29 years old, but I'm also five years old most of the time. So <laughs> this tracks for me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> what do you guys think of the other uh, the nominees? I'm really happy to see um, the Sea Beast get in there. I actually thought that was a really underrated animated movie. Um, and Turning Red, nice to see that get its love yeah. there as well. I thought that was also pretty solid. Marcel, the show's interesting because it's set in a, uh, a live action world. Live right? action world, yeah. So that's yeah. Yeah. what I thought. But I love the movie. But Pinocchio is my fucking pick. I, th- like, I think Pinocchio is going to win this one. Was oh yeah the story? He did such a wonderful job with it. The, the way it looks is beautiful. It's like heartbreaking. It's like he said. It's you know animation 
is still animated movies are just movies to him and he he really feels that they should be in the same category as all the other movies and when you watch that movie you get that sense a hundred percent that is one thousand percent my pick it's so good pinocchio <laughs> oh yeah no 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 for, for me for me pinocchio as well i mean like it, it is for, for for me if pinocchio won that would just be just such a slap in the face to Disney about like you know what you could take your Pinocchio thing yeah. and you could say that oh you're making it live action to do something new with it. No, Guillermo del Toro, what he did with this story was he recontextualized it to be in World War One, and he told a heartbreaking story that's about death and about just existence in general all these really heady ideas that disney would never have the balls in a million years to tackle in a movie exactly let alone see the example movie. they're pinocchio <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> they're a live there's action pinocchio with scene. tom hanks yeah there's not a scene yeah. about poop for like 30 minutes 30 <laughs> seconds to a minute like, you know what I can't get out of my head in, in there, Pinocchio, is Tom Hanks and his horrible accent going, Pinocchio! <laughs> Pinocchio! What, what is it with what, Tom, like, Tom, Tom Hanks? Oh my God. Is he, is he a nominee accent. for Razzies this year? Drop he is. Yeah, he is. For, is. Is it for Pinocchio and um, for uh, Elvis? I think They're it's for both of them, I think. I know it's at least for uh, one of them. I know that. But oh my God. <laughs> like, I love Tom Hanks as an actor, but he had a rough year. Like a yeah. rough year. He's yeah. just gotta stay away from the accents. They're not his friend. No, 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 no. Yeah. Except, except for Forrest Gump. That's that's not a terrible okay. accent. Yeah. L- 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 listen, listen. Tom Hanks has to eat like the rest of us. I get it. <laughs> well, he I mean, he's pretty rich. I mean, he's pretty yeah. rich. <laughs> he's pretty <laughs> rich. Plenty. I think he can he's eat plenty. <laughs> think he can eat plenty and be a little bit more picky. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's let's move along to uh, let's do editing and score here. So for film editing, we have Banshees of Inisherin, we've got Elvis, we've got Everything Everywhere All at Once, we've got Tar, we've got Top Gun Maverick, and for best original score, we've got All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans got a lot of repeats here, a lot of the same movies in these categories. What do we think about these two here? Andres? It's it, it, it belongs to everything, everywhere, all at once. The editing, yeah, 100%. hands down, 100%. hands down, one hundred percent belongs to everything, everywhere, all at once. Like the movie, like again, as the as the direction of the directors is predicated on this movie succeeding, this movie fails if the editing is not pitch perfect. And yep. I will say it is perfect to a T. There's not a single moment in a two yep. and a half hour movie that I could go, you need to cut that. No, it. This is absolutely everywhere all at once is um, uh, award to lose uh, at, at editing yeah. at least. It's honestly one of the best edited movies I've ever watched. I was literally like, oh. I was, I was so angry how good of of, a, of of an edit it was because it's just like as someone who like I love video editing. Andres, you love video editing, so it's like you watch that movie, you're like, you're you're amazed and you're blown away, but you're also angry because you're like, fuck, <laughs> like that is so good. It kind of, yeah. it kind I mean, of made me just want to quit the industry because I was like, yeah, okay, right? I can't. It's just, that good. it's just like, look, if I had an editor card, I would take it out and I would hand it into you and I would call it a day. <laughs> I mean, just 
just thinking of those it's scenes so where good. she's just like and like, yeah like with the head and everything and, and, it, and just like, like all the universes are clicking together it's like mm-hmm. that's got to be a nightmare a nightmare and it, it just looks seamless and i'm also happy that top gun got nominated because that's a hard fucking movie to edit and eddie hamilton who yeah. edited it apparently he got like a ridiculous amount of hours of footage and you have to comb through that and find yeah. all these little moments so, like i'm just happy that he got nominated i really do think if i had to pick a second you know winner i would choose top gun in a heartbeat because that is a tough tough movie to put together but it's a really well made movie I have to say absolutely and okay. Babylon, <laughs> <it's good. laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've heard Babylon but, is really good. Uh, I, I, I'm pulling for Babylon, and I think Babylon's going to win. I I would I would vote for Babylon if it wasn't for the fact that 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 fucking theme just can't get out of my head right now unless I have a. Bullet. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> can't wait. What do you, what do you think's go. gonna win? What do you think's gonna win best song though? You know, since we're on the topic of music, you got applause by um, from "Tell It Like a Woman." You've got "Hold My Hand" from Top Gun. You got "Lift Me Up" from Black Panther Two. You've got "Not Too Not Too" from RRR, and you have "This Is a Life" from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Who do you think's bringing this one home? Oh, I would love to. Oh, 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 I would oh, oh, love oh. to see RRR bring this one home. I see, see, like right, right before you said RRR. I was going to be like, oh yeah, no, it's it's Rihanna's for Lift Me Up. It's absolutely Rihanna's. Right. But then you said RRR. I don't know. I kind I kind of think that that has a chance. I feel like it's uh, gotten so much chance, hype man. that it it yeah. Makes, like, but see, I'm also of two minds on. I think I feel like they're going to give it to Rihanna. I think it's going to go to. I think it's going to go to Lift Me Up. I feel like yes, RRR has had that huge cultural impact, but like it didn't even like it. Just I felt like it should have gotten more of a presence. In the, in the Oscars and it's really kind of gotten like closed out for the most part I just I don't know I feel like especially with Chadwick Boseman's passing I feel like they might give it to Black I Panther I was just gonna say I feel like this might be like a uh, makeup for last year of like ooh we fucked up we should probably give at least this award to this movie I don't know. I just I feel like it's gonna go to Black Panther, even though I want it to go to RRR. But that's just that's just that's what I'm feeling. That's what my gut is feeling it's, on this one. A, it's a great song though, and it truly, truly does heighten the the ending for uh, for Black Panther and for yeah. and for what this category is. Does it enhance the film? Yes, absolutely. Hell, I would even say that uh, that the Top Gun song as well too is actually a great closer song as well. So yeah, I'm not. Go. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's not a bad song either. <laughs> it's not Wait, bad. Is that a, a Billie Eilish that song? No, Lady Gaga. Oh, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. No, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm thinking. Billie Eilish is a yeah Bond song. Yes, thank you. Which was <laughs> a great song. <laughs> that's also a good song. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and then I feel like the last category we should talk about. There are other categories, but obviously, you know, we gotta cut some stuff for time. I feel like we got to talk about best visual effects. I feel like this is a juicy category. We've got All Quiet on the Western Front. We've got Avatar The Way of Water. We've got The Batman, finally. <laughs> finally up there. Um, we've got Black Panther, and we've got Top Gun Maverick. Obviously, I think we know Avatar is probably bringing this one home. <laughs> oh, yeah. I for, mean, for, come for, on. For, for, that come entire on. Movie, for that entire movie to be all CG and for... Yeah. It would be ridiculous if question. it didn't get visual effects. It would be ridiculous if it didn't win for visual effects. Yeah. 
you know, I imagine I've seen that Avatar. goes to the Batman. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Which I would be so happy, but also at the same time, I'd be like, I'd be the only one that would, I know. Be like, just honestly, I'm surprised the Batman even got into the category because, like, yes, there's visual effects in it, but it's not a ton, not not a yeah. ton of visual effects, and the visual effects that are in it, mm. <laughs> it's good. It's it's good. it's the, fine. The visual effects, they're fine. The, the visual effects yeah. are good, and they're supposed to do exactly what they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, they're movie, fine, but but, but, like but it just stunning. feels like yeah, it's not like yeah. stunning. No, but yeah, not 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 necessarily stunning, but you know, at the same time, I don't know why, but I just have Robert Patrick in my head from uh, Walk the Line, where he's like, "The wrong kid died." Instead, of, <laughs> instead, he's just saying, "The wrong category got picked." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really wish. Anyway, R.I.P. the Batman and cinematography. It's okay, but uh, speaking and score. of but and score yeah oh my god the fact that it didn't get score that breaks my heart too dear god anyway um speaking of batman and speaking of the dc universe it's time to talk about the huge slate announcement that was announced by james gunn uh this past i think it was like a week or two no it was last week i think it was where he announced his first chapter of his dc universe called gods and monsters so he unveiled a bunch of new projects that are in development i'm just gonna go over them briefly and then we'll talk about which ones we're most excited for and, you know, give the the uh, viewers or listeners a little spiel of what each thing is going to be about, roughly. So, first off, we've got Superman Legacy, which is going to be written by James Gunn. He, he may direct it. It's that, you know, that's still up in the air. But uh, it's going to be uh, the kickoff for the DCU. It's, he says it's not an origin story. It's going to focus on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human um- upbringing, which totally haven't seen that before <laughs> but uh well, we get to see a younger superman here and no this will not be portrayed by henry cavill this is going to be a brand new actor in the role then we've got lanterns which is going to be a green lantern tv series uh which is being uh it's going to be very much in the vein of true detective apparently according to saffron uh, and it's going to be terrestrial based and it will feature prominent lantern heroes such as hal jordan and john stewart Then we've got The Authority, which is a movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planet that first originated in the late 1990s under uh, an influential imprint known as Wildstorm. Um, And it's going to be, they said, according to Saffron, they're kind of like Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. They know what you want them on. They know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. What then, interesting comparison. Right? It's just very interesting, like, mm-hmm. setups for these things. Uh, then we've got Paradise Lost, which the duo describes as a Game of Thrones-style drama, which is going to be an HBO Max series on the all-female island that is Wonder Woman's birthplace, uh, Themyscira, uh, which is going to be filled with political intrigue and scheming between power players, and it's going to take place before the events of the Wonder Woman films. And then we've got The Brave and the Bold. This is going to be the introduction of the DCU Batman, the new DCU Batman um, of Bruce Wayne. And it's also going to introduce uh, Damian Wayne or uh, their favorite Robin, apparently, who is apparently a little son of a bitch. (laughs) So apparently this movie will take inspiration from the now classic Batman run written by Grant Morrison. um, And it will introduce Batman to a son he never knew existed, a murderous tween raised by assassins. And it's being described 
described as a very strange father and son story. <laughs> Way to set that one up. Uh, also, we've got the Batman sequel, which we're all excited about. The sequel to Matt Reeves' Batman movie, which just hit theaters this past year. Cannot wait for that. Um, and that's going to be hitting theaters in October of 2025. So not too long to wait, but still too long in my mind. Uh, and then we've got an HBO Max series centered around Booster Gold, which is a unique, unique lesser known <laughs> hero created in 1986. And apparently the series is about a loser from the future who uses basic future technology to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. And Gunn describes it as imposter syndrome as a superhero. And lastly, and the last two things we've got announced, we've got Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, taking its cues from the recent Tom King written miniseries. The movie promises a different take than what most of us think about Superman's cousin when we think about that character. We will see the difference between Superman, who was once sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant, versus Supergirl, raised on a rock, a chip off of Krypton, and who watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life and then come to Earth. She is much more hardcore and not the Supergirl we're used to. Sounds like a great feel-good story. And then lastly, we've got Swamp Thing, a horror film that promises to close out the first part <gasps> of the first chapter. Okay, keep it in your pants, Andre. So let's let's calm it down. Let's breathe. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pi- I'm gonna pivot to Nancy. I know out of the three of us, you're probably the one who is not is probably the least into superhero movies, if I'm if I'm saying correctly. So I'm definitely curious to hear what you think about this suite. Listen. And I'm going to drink some water. Jesus. <laughs> all I got to say is, Andres, they can't be all bangers, okay? Oh. One of these is not going to be a top notch. So I'm just saying, prepare yourself. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but listening to James Gunn, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, James Gunn. I love you, but these descriptions are so wild to me. And just the way he <laughs> talks about like the shows, it's like, I don't know. Um you know, <laughs> think about Superman, but then his cousin's like really fucked up. <laughs> exactly. It's like, that fucking, uh, it's like that one. Uh, oh my gosh, it's like that one sketch that they did about Gremlins uh, too. Like that's what it's reminding me of. Of just like right. all these random fucking descriptions. Um, but no. So first of all, the, he's doing the thing that I didn't like. The MCU is doing is that he's connecting all the shows and everything. Uh, to the whole universe and I feel like oh damn it <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch all the MCU shows I have to watch all these shows and then the movies as well to like keep up so oh speaking of out. shows before before you get to, I forgot that I, I I forgot to mention two things apparently so I'll get yeah. back to you in just one second sorry yeah, see? <laughs> that's what happens out. when you don't scroll all the way up to the top <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was wondering I was like I feel like I'm missing a couple and here they are so then we have an animated series called Creature Commandos which is going to be written by Gunn that is already in production originally a team of classic monsters assembled to fight the Nazis this is a modern take on that concept voice actors have yet to be cast but the executives are looking to find people who can voice the animated characters and also portray the live action versions when the anti-heroes show up in movies and series and then lastly i promise you this is the last one we have waller which is a spin-off of gun's own hbo series peacemaker uh, who which centers on amanda waller played again by viola davis who will return as the ruthless and morally ambiguous head of government task force it is being written by uh Crystal Henry, who has worked on Watchmen, and Jeremy Carver, the creator of the Doom Patrol TV series. Back to you, Nancy. (laughs) See? There's shit fun. Gotta catch up on. Um, Or like, you know, what? Um, 
Yeah, well, even when he was talking about Superman, he was like, and here's the big one. Superman, written by me. It's like, okay, of course you're going to fuck You wrote it. Um, uh-huh. So I don't know. It's like, I'm excited for this, but at the same time, it just feels so overwhelming with all the shit that they're bringing in like i don't know i'm actually shocked by how much they announced like and how much they actually like planned out i'm like this is like phase one like oh this is chapter one nancy this is chapter one this is again this is the first half of chapter one oh jesus you know what it feels like it feels like when you're like reading a book and like you know how sometimes like you're just wondering how long is this chapter and you keep turning the page and you're like fuck 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 (laughs) that's what that's what that's what this announcement feels like but it's a better feeling because it's like exciting stuff but like also i hate books that have long chapters because like come on (laughs) i I agree um but no what i i the one that was like oh that's interesting was swamp thing i didn't see that oh, i'm coming. so excited for fucking like, oh, swamp thing okay. you have no idea i'm I so excited first two original ones i believe um very interesting did you so, watch the show the swamp thing show that was unfortunately no, canceled that was fucking no, amazing it was, was great it, oh, oh such okay. a good it was, show it was produced by james wan yeah oh okay. and, and, it, it was and it so got good. canceled I think it got yeah, canceled okay. after its first episode. Okay. <laughs> I was so it, 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 it got It got canceled because it was on the DC Universe app, and they weren't seeing any returns mm-hmm. on that uh, any, in that any way whatsoever. Sense. And also, in order to produce that show, it's very expensive. So they canceled it halfway through its run, and they were just like, episode seven was never meant to be a finale. Make that into a finale. What? There you yep. go. So yeah, yep, it it, was, okay. it's unfortunate. Great show, though. Yeah. But again, I like the way he describes it. It's like, it's like Swamp Thing, but darker. It's like, okay. Well, I mean, Swamp Thing's a pretty, like, dark character, so it makes sense That's for that what, one, at least. Yeah, no, it makes yeah. sense, but just the way he's selling it. I think, like, no, 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 it's no. different. I think my favorite one is d- describing the Green Lantern show as, like, in the vein of True Detective. Now I'm trying to think of, like, John Stewart be like, Tom is an illusion. <laughs> I'm just like, but like, why? True detective. Like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, I can't wait to see this show. <laughs> and the other one that I think stands out to me is the Robin one. I I feel like we've been missing Robin from yeah, I know. everything. Like, where the fuck it's are Weirdly at? not very much in live action. Weirdly not yeah. in the live action a lot. Although, again, mm-hmm. the whole, it's like a father-son duo. Like, <laughs> Like, okay. Like, I, it makes sense, but at the same time, the way he's pitching it is weird to me. Yeah. Um, but I've been wanting, I've been wanting, like, a Robin where he fucking dies or, like, and, like, turns Batman all fucking crazy or where we get a Robin where he flips. Like, I just want something new instead of this, like, I'm your sidekick. Like, I think this will be better. Nancy, you are not ready for Damian Wayne. That's all I will say. <laughs> I mean, it feels like I am. It feels like I've been wanting something more dark and like not so, I don't know. Yeah, I don't need a Robin with a credit card. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> so those are, those. I think those are the two that stand out for me. Okay. Cool, cool. Andres, I'm sure you've been chomping at the bit to talk about these things. <sighs> well, Nancy, you told me that, um, you know, just prepare myself and all that other stuff. Yeah, sketch well, your composure. This, this is to also tell you that uh, 
Professor Gallego is very, very, very prepared to explain oh, well. to you the fine. <laughs> oh, well. Did you just mispronounce your own last name? I, I think he did. I think you said Gallego. You said Gallego. Mm-hmm. Wow, we have you brainwashed not, you so I, I, deeply I, I, now. I, I, you're not going to uh, talk shit ever wow, again. Yeah. Now you can never give me <laughs> shit. Ever again for mispronouncing your name. Wow! It. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Thank you for catching that shit. Wow. Oh, yes, Andres Galego, everybody. Galego. <laughs> Andres oh, Gal- Andres Galileo. <laughs> it's a pleasure. But 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 all I will say is is with this entire slate, what this has been more excited more than anything else is that Gun is one of those. He is one of those. Just, just born, just, just born in the comics. Hardcore comic fan. He is one of those people that will take a character that is so obscure and make the audience know why he loves him and why you should love him. I mean, he took a character like Peacemaker, who again we were just kind of okay with in Suicide Squad, made it into a, a TV series and gave us reasons why we need to care about this character and why we should love him. And Again, Guardians of the Galaxy taken not even a C-list superhero tier, or they were D-list at best, and he bumped them up to the A tier. I mean, we all cried at We Are Groot, and that takes finesse from a screenwriter, and that takes finesse from a director and a storyteller. Now, when you tell me that that guy is going to be the head of DC and that he is going to tackle Superman Legacy... That is a, a screenplay where where you're where you're you're focusing on the aspects of Clark Kent and Superman bouncing off of each other and stuff like that. Like, granted, granted, I, I heard I heard somebody say like it's like oh it's like we've never seen that we've never seen that done right. We've never seen it done where it's you mean. W- like Tom said two seconds ago? Yeah, that's what he meant. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, look, that's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. I, it, it's just kind of like, you know, like saying, oh, we're going to see Bruce Wayne battle between Bruce Wayne and Batman. <laughs> like, it's just like, okay, so you're doing the character. No, 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 but, but I know but, what you're but, saying but, where it's like, we, yeah, we haven't seen it really done well. It's usually mostly geared towards Superman. You know, like we don't really yeah, see a ton and, of Clark Kent other than like Smallville. Yeah, no. And, and the other thing, too, is that there is also this big debate between, you know, who's the real persona? Is it Clark Kent or is it Superman? And I think this is something that Tarantino got very wrong in Kill Bill, where he's like, oh, Superman is the real identity. It's like, no, it's his experiences as Clark Kent that makes him who he is, and it's Superman that becomes the tool that he uses in order to inspire people and to sort of bring that goodwill to the rest of the world that his parents endowed in him from a very early age. And that is truly the special thing about Superman. And the other special thing about that is just the fact that he's leading that double life and he's also working at a newspaper and no one even notices that he's Superman. I mean, there's so many ways you can delve in from this. But the other thing that made me very excited from this is Gunn kept mentioning Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman as an inspiration. And when you read that comic, it is such a holistic and such an amazing interpretation of that character that it is... All I'm going to tell you is that if Superman is saving a suicidal girl off of a rooftop the way he does in All-Star Superman, which is one of the most heartbreaking frames in comics and just shows you that there is not a single, there's not a single 
problem in Metropolis that's too small for him. He's going to be there for everybody, and that is that is essentially what I want to see in this Superman legacy story. I want to see the Superman that is the symbol of hope, not like the Cavill version where, even though I love the Cavill interpretation, I feel that they were stuck in the gruff and the darkness of that character more than anything else, that he didn't become that symbol of light. And that's, that is what truly makes me excited for this from James Gunn, is that he is well connected into that and he understands that there needs to be color in superhero movies so i'm very excited for superman legacy but you know going forward you know even you just, with swamp thing so, yes. i was gonna say sorry really quick you just made me like have a very sad realization about clark kent and that it's not that people are dumb they just don't pay attention enough to him to notice that he's fucking Superman with glasses on. <laughs> it, no, 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 exactly. Like, 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 there's this entire... <laughs> Nancy just had a entire... revelation. <laughs> I was like, no, oh, no, 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 really no, sad. Like, wow, fuck. Yeah, yeah no, but, but, but that's the whole dichotomy of the character is that it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, people would be like, oh, if I took off the, if, if uh, I saw somebody without the glasses or something like that, I would know it was Superman or something like that. But it's just one of those things with cognitive dissonance that you basically just, you don't see what is in front of you. You only see what you want to see. And if what you want to see is this weak, uh, this weak Midwestern boy from, you know, from wherever it is, and then you don't picture that guy being Superman, that's the whole key to that character. And that's, that's something that I would love. Okay. I just thought of something as well, too. The idea that Gunn is going to play around with the aspect. No, 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 get this. This is a really funny... like a revelatory episode. I'm, I'm glad we're having yeah. such emotional breakthroughs. I'm waiting for no, well, mine. Well, well, I'm waiting for mine well, now. Well, 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 the other, well, the other thing, too, is that you know how Gunn loves to like have these characters play off of one another. I want to see the gun. I want to see the James Gunn written scene between Superman and Lois, and, no, Clark Kent and Lois, and Lois still not figuring it out. Like, I want to see that interplay between the two characters. And he's going to make that hilarious, and he's going to make that so heartfelt, and I'm just all, all in for that. And, yeah, I mean, no, Superman Legacy, it's, it's climbing the list of my most anticipated movies. Honestly, for me, to... <sighs> 2025 is going to be an amazing year. I get a Superman movie and I get a Batman movie in that same year, guys. Mm-hmm. I get the Batman sequel. It is going to be a great year. Oh, Jen, Jen already knows I'm 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 going to be totally maybe totally worthless that year. <laughs> wow, the whole year. All right. Okay. The whole year. The whole year. He's just the gonna whole be year. The whole yeah. year. Just but, just know but, I will not be present. <laughs> <laughs> but but to quickly wrap wrap it up, I mean like Swamp Thing. <laughs> no, Swamp Thing is gonna be great because James Mangold has been. I mean, in I, talks, I don't. Think yeah. He's, in he, talks he, to he's been in talks. Okay. I'm excited about that. I fucking love James Mangold and like he can absolutely pull off that kind of movie. I mean, it, identity is basically a horror movie and he crushed that. So I, I, I'm very excited to see, and Logan's a super dark movie as well. So I'm very excited to see what he could do with Swamp Thing. Oh, I think yeah. he would crush that movie, especially since oh, like, yeah. he kind of has that like Southern flair as a director, especially with like 310 to Yuma, which was, oh, that movie is like a chef's kiss. I feel like he'll yeah. just destroy that. Absolutely. I mean, well, I would say like Swamp Thing and Superman are definitely like the two that are like at the top of my list. You know, the Batman movies, you know, it depends on who they cast for me, for me to really get excited, if I'm being honest. Like, it's just, that's that's kind of it for me with that one, I would say. I I, I totally understand you with that one. For me, uh, Brave and the Bold is one of those comics that's so... 
All right, so just the idea that it's um, that Damian Wayne is Talia Ghul and fucking Bruce Wayne's son. You know, he's he's the freaking grandson of the demon. He's the grandson of fucking Rachel Ghul. It is. It, I mean, to, to have a ten year old that's trained to be an assassin from birth, and to sort of give that kid over to Bruce Wayne and just be like, "All right, Bruce, go ahead, be a parent," and and to watch Bruce deal with this murderous little kid. And it's it's sort of like it's sort of like that moment in freaking Terminator 2 where all of a sudden, you know, John Connor screaming at the Terminator is like, you can't just kill everybody. Why? What do you mean why? Because you can't. Why? And then just just all the frustrations that Bruce is gonna have and mm-hmm. all the failures that he's had with not only Robin, uh, Nightwing, Tim Drake, who knows, maybe Jason Todd is even in this universe, Batgirl, all the failings he's had with the Bat family beforehand. If they make that a story about a parent learning from his past failures with his own son, I think this is going to be an amazing origin story for not for for not Batman, but just for a Robin in the modern day and age. Like so many people just said that Robin doesn't work in this day and age if he's a kid, and then cut back to ten years ago, they were they they made Hit Girl became an icon after fucking mm-hmm. Kickass, and it became such a staple that it, like like. That's the prototype you fall with that. And what better of a prototype to fall with that than Damian Wayne? So I think it I think this is gonna be an amazing movie. And then also depending on who they get for Batman, but I think they're gonna have to go the opposite way where instead of getting a younger Batman, they're gonna have to get an older seasoned Batman. And John I think Hamm, that's gonna... let's go. John John Hamm at one point he would have been great, but I know God. at one point, but now it's too late. <laughs> or 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 maybe just in time. But 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 it's one of those things where I, I kind of feel like he's he's sort of the simplest. Not not the simplest, but he's sort of the obvious choice. And sometimes yeah. we and sometimes the, the best form of these characters come in the most unobvious choice. I mean, like, who didn't take a double take when they heard Rob Pattinson was going to be Batman? Like, it was like, really? I mean, he's a good actor, but I don't see if he, I don't think he could pull it off. And to this day, he's probably one of my favorites. I mean, mm-hmm. definitely my favorite in the modern age, that's for sure. But, but yeah, Brave and the Bold, that's going to be a very interesting title going forward. Um, uh, Creature Commandos, I think, is going to be very interesting, but I also find Brave it very interesting that he's going to... Just sounds what? like a soap opera name. Brave and the Bold sounds like a soap opera name. Maria. Listen, that is a telenovela, okay? <laughs> what did you Maria. do with my brother? <laughs> now, now you're just doing Puss in Boots. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. Pray for mercy from. <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah, but this whole, this whole entire... This whole entire slate just sounds so amazing for me as a comic book lover. But also, you know, again, this is the first half. Um, Paradise Lost, I'm very excited for as well. Just, again, thinking about the fact that this is, that what was Stan Mascara when the men were still on? Like, did they wipe out all the men? That is a Game of Thrones story in itself right there. And it's supposed to take place thousands of years before the Wonder Woman movies. So, of course, I'm very curious to see this. The one that still to this day kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit is Waller because yeah, that's a weird that just conf- that just confuses me because if this is supposed to be 
a total reset of the universe, but you're well, still Well, I think it's supposed to be like connective tissue between that and Peacemaker since he's still keeping a couple people apparently. So I guess it's just to kind of like keep that part of the DC world alive since apparently, you know, uh, Jason Momoa is staying as Aquaman, Zachary Levi is staying as Shazam, and apparently Gal Gadot is staying as Wonder Woman. So I guess it's to keep that alive. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it would be very awkward if you fired your wife, right? <laughs> yeah, not, it's not great. Not a great position to be in. Um, but I, I do Listen, say, I think the I, one, I, I totally think, get it. I think the one that has the most potential, honestly, is Booster Gold because I think Booster Gold is such a fascinating character. I think that you cast the right actor, and I already have a couple people in mind that would absolutely fucking crush that role. Um, I think that you give him like a peacemaker kind of you know series or movie i forget what they're doing with him i think it's a series i think that could be just as successful and i think that would be a really cool character to see personally my choice i think glenn powell would be like the perfect booster gold and i he's even the been fan casted yeah 100 <laughs> percent. he literally like i feel like he could embody that role perfectly <laughs> he'd be great <laughs> Oh yeah, no, he he would be freaking fantastic. But he'd also be a fantastic freaking um, freaking Hal Jordan as well. I mean, now that he's got his pilot's license, no, but seriously, he could be, he could be a great Booster Gold. He could be a great Hal Jordan. He could be an amazing Johnny Storm. I mean, the guy could pretty much be in any superhero movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I would be happy I, I, to I, see him I, anything. I I love this trend. That as soon as somebody makes a big splash, all of a sudden it's what superhero role could they play? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's kind of like because that that would just launch him into the stratosphere. Yeah, absolutely. But again, think about it. This time last year, nobody was speaking about Glenn Powell. I was. I love Glenn Powell. I've been like his one proponent. I (laughs) I love Glenn Powell. Hidden figures, the ones he had. I screamed. I I love set it up. Amazing. And screen. Okay. Yeah, I love Glenn Powell. Dude rocks. Also, everybody wants some. Amazing in that. Okay. All right, I'm, 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 my I'm just saying, you back off, you back off. We love him. Back off. Get. Don't make me pull a white fang on you, because I will. Oh my god. Get. Get oh out of here. God. Get. Get. Here, and I anyway. thought I was the old man. Yeah, it's fine. I got gray hairs. It's it's fine. Um, I would say Booster Gold. I'm looking forward to, and then uh, I am looking forward to the Green Lantern series because we definitely need redemption after the Ryan Reynolds stink pile, and I feel like that sh- that would work very well as a show, and I think that could be a lot of fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But um, you know, for our viewers and our listeners. What are you guys looking forward to? You know, what are your thoughts on the Oscar nominations? What are your thoughts on this huge DC slate? Are you impressed that I was able to get through that entire DC slate without passing out from lack of oxygen? Let us know in the comment (laughs) section below. We want to know your thoughts. Let us know. We always love reading your comments. And as always, before we head out, where can the fine people find you on the interwebs? Let's start with Nancy. Where can the people find you? At PL underscore Band-Aid on Twitter and Instagram. And that's about it for now. Okay. Andres, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Galagos. You can also find me on Twitch.tv as Galagos209. You can also find me on the High Voltage Media channel on YouTube. You can also find me on my YouTube channel at Galagos at YouTube.com. And then you can also (laughs) find me here... Yeah, I totally butchered that. Just find me as Galagos on YouTube. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, why did you need to add the second part? <laughs> yeah, I know. I said it in reverse, okay? I'm just still all hyped up over this over this whole slate. I, anyway, yeah, on, on my YouTube channel, I just posted up um, 
this Top Gun uh, Independence Day mashup that I think uh, works really well. Yeah, so go cool. ahead and like check it. that out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anybody awesome. who loves Jimmy, there, there you go. <laughs> but um, and then you can also find me uh, on Tom's YouTube page, uh, Clicker and a Bloater, where we talk about The Last of Us every week, and we just posted up our episode three and episode four coverage. Yeah, so it was a double episode. That yeah, that was yeah. fun. And if you want to follow me on the interwebs, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash. You can find me on Facebook and YouTube at Chattelbash Reviews, but, you know, Chattelbash Reviews at YouTube.com. And also you can find me on a clicker and a bloater <laughs> with Andres, where we, of course, talk about The Last of Us. Definitely check that out. And, of course, you can find us all here on the Film on Top podcast every other week where we talk about movies and have a great fucking time doing it. Clearly, we just love making fun of each other. We love it. Um, so... And thank you for tuning in into today's episode. We hope to see you on the next one in a couple of weeks. And until then, thank you for watching or listening to Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. We'll see you guys. Peace. Bye.